Hey guys. Hi everybody. So we just want to tell you we are burned out. Yeah, we haven't fallen off the face of the earth or anything. Not at all. We're still here. Barely. We're just exhausted. The two of us have had the week, two weeks of absolute shenanigan hell. Lots going on. Yeah, if there was ever a week for Nero spicy burnout. Oh, this is it. So <laughs> we are going to ta- try our best to talk about burnout, making no promises to you guys that we have any research on this assembled whatsoever, because we're far too burned out to even do that. So <laughs> join us as we talk about our personal experiences of burnout, if we manage to stay awake until the end. I wish us luck. And lots of coffee. So much coffee. Okay, so (laughs) this is going to be almost like the not Seinfeld Seinfeld episode because we technically have a topic, but our topic is how exhausted we are. And that's pretty much going to guarantee it's a Seinfeld episode in a way. Yeah, this one's going to be pretty random, guys. Um, The last two weeks, the real world has uh, sunk its teeth in and that's where we've disappeared to because unfortunately, sometimes the brain demons win. Uh Uh-huh. Without getting into too much detail, I had to scramble to make sure that a loved one had a place to stay and got into a retirement home and after a hotel they were staying and kicked them out. And there's a story there. I'm not going to get into it in public, but it thoroughly exhausted me. And Becca had her own share of crazy shenanigans that have thoroughly exhausted her. Yeah, I am. Sorry, excuse me. Um. Again, without getting into too much detail, because it's nothing, you know, super exciting. I wasn't out slaying dragons or anything. Uh, I recently started a new uh, real person job after, you know, almost a year of being an insomniac. And um, I went through a massive move, (laughs) bringing me fully back to my hometown. And uh, that required, you know, an army of people and I think 20 hours of physical and mental labor to get through, Uh you know, and there's just been a lot going on, but my dear spices, we have missed you so very much. Yes, we have so much. I don't think a day has gone by that we haven't been like, Oh man, we have got to do the podcast. You know, we miss everybody. I don't know what we're going to talk about because we're so tired. And then Adam was like, why don't we just talk about being tired? (laughs) It just seemed like a great idea because we're all, all of us neurospicy folks are afflicted by burnout and we are in the height of burnout right now. So what better thing to talk about? Yeah, it, it's definitely this catch 22 where my brain so desperately wants to be creative and we wanted to come back with like a super strong episode and a super strong topic (laughs) and on the other hand my brain was like no no I don't want to you can't make me me do the sleep yeah my brain was and my brain was like okay we got to do the podcast we got to do it but I just want to go smoke weed and play Assassin's Creed 
can we just do that instead, Adam? Do we have to be creative tonight? Yes, brain. Shut up. We have to. Okay. Right. And I know you and I have talked about just about every single day about doing, you know, another episode and, you know, we're, we're pushing it off. And then I know for myself, I was worried like, oh no, I'm going to executive dysfunction this to the end of time. And this is just the end. And just as we're getting started, my inability to do anything is going to put a stop to it. And you know what? Stuff like that happens. That's the neurospicy condition. We all experience it. It's nothing to be ashamed of. And there's no pressure here. I know, but it does feel, I mean, you must admit that there is kind of a feeling of shame that goes with it. This is something that I want to do so very much. It's something that I enjoy doing very, very much. I love, you know, talking with you, you know, for an hour or so every single week. I love the fact that we have listeners all over the globe. I think that's something that's really, really spectacular. And then there was just a part of my brain that was like, no, can't do it. Uh And I was really concerned that my little brain demons were going to make us fail. Oh, honey, I'm sorry. No, of course not. Like real life comes first and we, you know, we do this when we do this. And I'm sure our our listeners all understand. I mean, they're all spices like we are. I hope I'm assuming if if there's any neurotypicals out there who are listening, thank you for the allyship too. But I'm assuming most of our listeners are. And also, why are you listening? I don't mean that in a judgmental way. I mean that in a, we are extremely neurospicy. You're more neurotypical. What on earth do you get out of that? This podcast. Listening to us ramble for an hour and jump from topic to topic. It's very entertaining. Yeah, I, I guess it would be. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't know how you'd follow it. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to decipher how you'd, how one would follow it. I can't answer that question. Sometimes, sometimes I can barely follow us. I, I have three university degrees and yet I can barely follow our podcast myself. And I've had to read some pretty obscure, horribly written historical documents and our podcast somehow takes the cake on that and yet I do understand (laughs) I guess that's not saying much about our podcasting abilities eh we are excellent and a delight and people love us when we're not burned out well I'm kind of hoping that they'll enjoy this episode too just because I think this is something that happens Mm -hmm. to everybody regardless of your neurospicy or neurotypical I think everybody feels you know burnout at some point Mm mm-hmm and I know for sure I am absolutely feeling it right now. Well, your thing about executive dysfunction getting in your way, I found that interesting because, so anyone who doesn't know on here, I start, tried to start a YouTube channel around a year before the pandemic hit. And well, not even a year, like maybe six months or so before the pandemic hit. And I was really enjoying it for a while. I was kind of keeping on it and, you know, releasing stuff and doing all that stuff. But then I had a period where I just started having a really hard time keeping up with it. I mean, I was enjoying doing my YouTube channel for a bit. And then I just started finding it harder and harder to motivate myself to do it. But I still kind of was able to do it. And then I decided to 
upgrade to a better laptop and switch to PC from Mac at the time. That was a mistake because my favorite tools are all on a Mac. And this is what killed it because I spent more time trying to find the tools to replace what I was using for my podcast than I did doing my podcast. And my executive dysfunction kind of won because I started seeing a diminishing return on views and clicks and all that stuff. And then it just died because executive dysfunction brain demons won. So I totally, totally empathize with where you're coming from on that. I mean, I think a couple of my creative projects have fizzled out just due to burnout and not knowing what it was. I think that was the issue where I just wouldn't be able to do the thing. Uh And that became a huge issue in everything is I just couldn't do the thing. And, you know, it's cost me and I don't want that to happen here. But I think the only thing creatively that I've ever managed to keep running except you know through the pandemic because I can't is the dinner theater excuse me I've always managed to keep that going uh usually because I have people that rely on me and you know while the brain demons can absolutely disappoint me they refuse to disappoint anybody else (laughs) I know how that feels because I totally burned out throughout my final year of university, actually final two years of university, but I kept pushing myself through the burnout because cannot fail, not allowed to fail. Parents would be disappointed, all of the above. You know what I mean? I would be disappointed. Like it's, I pushed myself through things I probably shouldn't have pushed myself through because I was burned out, but I didn't feel like I had a choice but to do it. Yeah, no, I absolutely get that. Um, I think that's one of the reasons I made it through beauty school. So I did like a super condensed out of school school, if that makes sense. It was a specialized school for the company that I worked for. Yeah. And we did something ridiculous, like a two year course condensed into, I think it was eight weeks. Holy crap. Oh yeah. And it was, you know, if you miss a day, you're out. If you do this, if you do that, you're out. And uh, during that period of time, Uh, my, my grandmother passed away and I still went to school. Um, but I just remember, you know, through the whole thing, like just dragging myself there and thinking, you have to do this. You have to do this. You have to do this. You have to, you know, make everybody proud. You have to do this. And determination got me through, but in all honesty, I don't think I retained everything from that. You know, I kind of picked up things, uh, the years that I spent as a makeup artist and as a skincare consultant, I picked up those things there as opposed to really retaining the information that I learned in school because I was burnt out the entire time and just desperately trying to pull through because it's what you do. Yep. Failure is not an option. You do. Yeah. Failure is not an option and it's never been an option. Um, You know, I actually get this quite a lot, you know, with everything that's gone on, especially in the last six months like it's really been that long it's been six months I keep getting this like you're so strong you're a warrior nothing ever gets you down you're so strong I'm like yeah I know and I don't mean that in a cocky way like I know that I'm strong I don't have a choice you know what I mean nobody's nobody's not picking not picking themselves up because they want to (laughs) you know you do it because it's what you're you're supposed to do it's it's what you've 
trained to do. I have this friend and we have this running joke that, you know, everybody says like, oh, you're a knight in shining armor or whatever. No, I am not a knight in shining armor. My armor is dented and it's cracked and it is bruised. And I don't know if you can bruise armor, but I figured out how it's fine. It's fine. Continue with the, the analogy, but you know, and between kind of each battle, you don't, you don't necessarily get to go home and, you know, get new armor. You're just kind of rubbing the dirt off with a ripped t-shirt and hoping for the best. And you keep going because there is no other option and people need you. Okay. It's time for Adam to make a Star Trek reference. Hey, it's been a whole 20 minutes. So, you know. Okay. So this actually reminds me a lot. Well, your your armor analogy and how it keeps getting dented, but you can't ever repair it reminded me of one of my favorite episodes of Star Trek Voyager is called Year of Hell Part 1 and Part 2. And the whole shtick is they enter into a dangerous part of space where these aliens called the Krenim are using temporal weapons to kind of change the timeline to suit them. And they're trying to survive and get through this part of space and out the other side so that they don't get home because Voyager's whole concept is they're stuck in across the galaxy from anyone they know. So they're alone. They're one ship alone going through this hostile territory. And through the course of this episode, the ship gets battered, the ship gets dented, the ship gets destroyed, you know, and, and everyone's kind of holding on barely by, by a string, both morale-wise and, you know, just technologically, but they keep going because they have to, to survive, but they're, because there's no choice. And it's, I mean, the beauty of television, they can press the reset button and everything goes back to normal at the end of the, of the episode, but that doesn't always happen in real life with burnout, you know, like it can, if you self-care, but it's, yeah, I saw the look you gave me in the video. <laughs> well, and I mean, that's true too. And actually a lot of what's going on makes me think of my favorite episode of Dr. Who. Oh, and now because I have ADHD, if you think I can remember the name of the episode, you are a hundred percent incorrect. And so I'll tell you why, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And anyone who's seen, you know, the newer Doctor Who will understand exactly what episode I'm talking about. And it just feels like everything is kind of going wrong and everything is turning into a monster. But just this once, everybody lives. Everybody lives. I know the one. I know the one. I love it. And I don't know if it's, you know, because in that particular episode, it's the the molecules that are trying to heal people. Is it because like you kind of see hope at the end of the tunnel because everybody lives? I think so. And I think part of it is, I don't, have you seen that episode? Yes. Okay. So I think part of it is, you know, that it's this, it's been a while since I've watched it. So I'm going to get this wrong. So don't at me, Whovians. It's like that these, um, these molecules are trying to heal everything and make it better. And they don't understand the necessary makeup of the body. So they're, they're messing it up by making gas masks, you know, part of the person. And that's not how things work. And I feel like that's kind of what's going on with everything in life is like, we're just desperately trying to make it better. And we're not 
quite there yet, but just this once, everybody lives. There's this hope that we're going to get it right. That's beautiful. And yeah, I totally agree. Though I just have one question for you in light of all that. Are you my mommy? Oh, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I had to. You brought up the gas mask, are you my mommy episode. I had to do that. It, it just had to happen. I'm sorry. And you know that I'm going to rejoin with that TikTok sound that I sent you the other day. It's always, mommy, sorry. Mommy, sorry. And it's never, mommy, please. Somebody <laughs> ought to teach you all some manners. <laughs> yes, mommy. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, my. That's a different episode. <laughs> and maybe a different platform. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I, I like what you said about just trying to put it back together as best we can. Because I think at the end of the day, that's the best way out of burnout is self-caring as best you can and trying your best to kind of put things back together after they've burned out and fell apart. And it's never going to be perfect and it's never going to be 100% and it's okay. Well, and I think that we can use some phrasing from that we've heard over and over during you know this global panini that we're in and that's that awesome say that i at one point heard the term panini to refer to the pandemic and i legit thought the panini was being talked about it and catch on to the fact that it was the pandemic people were talking about so anyway continue i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> but you know we hear a lot like new normal new normal this is going to be our new normal and i think sometimes especially as you know because we are what is it katie Soros call it um burnt out gifted kids yeah we have to understand that you know life doesn't necessarily go back to the normal that we knew after burnout we create a new normal and some part of that is oh sorry go on i cut you off go on that's okay we do that all the time (laughs) um you know part of the new normal is that in so many ways in the last six months my life has drastically changed from what i thought it would be like drastically changed, like complete 180 to where I thought it was in the last six months, definitely in the last 18 months. And there's nothing wrong with being where I'm at. Not at all. It's just my, my new normal and it's finding out where to go from there. And yeah, with the burnout, there comes the exhaustion and the lack of creativity and a lot of executive dysfunction. And that doesn't mean that that is my new normal. No. It just means that there is a new normal in my life and I will never go back to where I was six months ago, eight months ago, 12 months ago, 18 months ago. But that's okay. But I will be okay. Exactly. So like, honestly, I kind of relate because immediately after finishing school, like I, I mentioned how I burnt, I was really burned out those last year or two of school. Folks, I'm a published author now. Immediately after I finished school, I couldn't write. I could not write. I could not read. I couldn't do, no, it was like, it was too much because I was burnt out. I started writing like little short stories here or there to try to get myself back, but it was, I couldn't. I could not at all. And it took me years to get back into writing. It was, it was the worst, but you know, that wasn't my new normal. That definitely wasn't my new normal. My, that was executive dysfunction, but my new normal was realizing that, okay, 
nothing has gone according to plan really since I graduated, but that's okay because there's nothing wrong with where I am and I've structured my new normal to fit who I am and what I need. And I think that's an important point is recovering from burnout sometimes involves recognizing your needs that are going unmet that led you to burnout and structuring things to help with that accordingly, being more aware of what you need, you know? Absolutely. And I think burnout can show us, it's definitely not to try and wax philosophical or anything here, but maybe a little. I really think that burnout gives us a chance to look and say like, oh, well, if I'm ever in a certain situation, maybe instead of doing X, Y, Z, I try doing X, Y, and A. Yes, absolutely. But no, I completely agree with you. Like it gives us an opportunity to kind of think and be like, well, you know, this isn't working for me. This didn't work for me. What do I need to avoid putting myself in this situation again? Well, yeah. And it definitely gives us an opportunity to create boundaries because sometimes we end up burning out because we're helping other people. Uh-huh. Um, and we do have that ability to take a look and say, hey, okay, I know that I did this, this, and this, this time, but the next time anything like this happens... I do have to take a step back. Yeah. In fact, without getting too much into it, this is the big reason why my mom and I agreed that she should go into a retirement home recently is because I'm doing the best I can to support and help her, but I could not keep up at the rate that she needed. And, you know, and she understood that. So she's, we had that conversation, but I mean, it's okay to look after yourself that was a really hard thing for me to realize is that it's okay to look after yourself, but it is okay to look after your needs too. Not only is it okay, but it's extremely important. Yes. You cannot pour from an empty cup. And I know any of my personal circle, you know, that I spend the majority of my time with that are listening to this are laughing hysterically because it is probably one of the most, yes, I see you looking at me like that. (laughs) It's probably one of the most hypocritical things that I say and do. And I can admit that I am always the first person um, to call out when I think other people are working too hard for themselves, when I think that they need a break and not in like, not in a bossy way, but I'm always like, I have one specific friend who works a ridiculous amount, like ridiculous amount. And he works a very physical job um he's in the construction uh trades and i am forever saying to him like man you got to take a break like you got to sit for you got you have to rest you need to take time off and he's like i've taken three whole days off this year like my dude sit down please like buddy no you need to relax you need to take a break you cannot pour from an empty cup and then he laughs at me because you know i will say and do these things and granted i'm no longer in construction but I will push myself to the limit trying to take care of everybody else. And, but I'm always telling him like, Hey, you really need to t- take a break. And he will turn it around on me and be like, well, what about you? And the thing is, yeah, you might have a hard time taking your own advice on that, but you're also not wrong in giving it to him, you know? So. Well, and, and that's it. And again, I know when I need to take a break, I don't always do it. I'm going to say, you know, you don't, but I do know when. <laughs> No, I know. I was going to say, you know when, but do you always do it? (laughs) But I mean, you know, that's the thing. It's do as I say, not as I do. 
can be a thing. A lot of times it's hardest to take our own advice on things. So I would even say the fact that you're aware of that is a victory in and of itself. Um, well, I mean, I know that I am a people pleaser. I'm a recovering people pleaser is what I like to call myself. Join the club. Um, so sometimes I do find it harder to say no. And I do find myself in situations where it's like, oh, if you had just said no, you've just, if you had just said no, you wouldn't be in this situation. So it's almost like I gaslight myself about being allowed to be burnt out. Raise your hand if you were raised in a family where uh, you weren't supposed to work to live, you're supposed to live to work, and you weren't allowed to say no to things because things were expectations. Hey folks, so this is Becca and Adam from the future here, and we just wanted to butt in and hear and use our time travel magic to go back in time and tell you that the internet died after that last little bit. So <laughs> we're recording, we're finishing this podcast from the future, and we make no promises on how well, I guess, well jointed versus disjointed, how well jointed this this episode is. <laughs> What Adam is trying to say is that we don't know how much sense it's going to make because we were really tired yesterday before the internet decided to yeet itself into the great beyond. And so now we're not 100% sure what we were talking about. We think there was something about burnout in there. I think it was something about burnout, being able to kind of like, if you reflect on burnout, realizing what you need to change about your life to avoid that burnout again, but I'm not making any promises. I feel like that was the vibe. Okay. So we might get back to that. But, you know, in the meantime, I figure we just can keep talking about how very exhausted we are because that seems to be why you guys are tuning in this week. It's, our podcast is just us whining about being tired. That's that's what this is. <laughs> you know what? Like People have done podcasts for less and, and been more successful, so... That is true. <coughs> Joe Rogan. <coughs> oh, he who must not be named. We do not speak his name in this podcast. I didn't speak it. I choked on it. That should count. For oh, oh, Joe Rogan. <coughs> oh, oh, oh. I, I had one too. I'm sorry. Oh, no. Oh, it's, cat- it's contagious. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So even our internet suffered from burnout last night. Yeah, folks, our internet decided it was done with life and it, it ended things, so. Yeah, so here we are trying to figure out what the absolute heck we were talking about. And I will admit, my voice will sound different in this section than it did in last night's section because I was admittedly mostly asleep throughout the entire thing. No, you think? I, I didn't think last night. I thought I was fine. <laughs> I know. But now that I feel like a real human or most of a human being again, I can, you know, casually admit that I probably sound like a death potato. A cute death potato. Oh, thank you. I just don't think we're going to be winning any points for our uh, general charisma on the first half of this episode. <laughs> you don't know what? It'll be funny. People will enjoy it. It'll be a great time. It's, it's, it's all good. It's all good. Um, well, and I- do you think everybody experiences that like 
in all honesty, like you have the privilege slash misfortune of being able to listen back to the episode and be like, oh yeah, that's what we're talking about. And I'm briefly like, I think I did part of a podcast yesterday about stuff and things and such and stuff. But then I have to listen to my own voice on recording and I hate the sound of my own voice on recording. There's nothing wrong with your voice, whether it's recorded or not. Thank you. But I, I do understand how you feel because I finally listened to an episode, the first episode of ours that I ever listened to just like a week or so ago. And I was like, oh, this isn't as bad as I thought it was. But I still definitely hate listening to my own voice. I think everyone hates listening to their own voice, honestly. Like, I think it's just a disconnect between the way it sounds when it reverberates off your ear bones in your head versus the way it sounds when other people hear it out loud. That that makes a lot of sense, because I've always thought that I have a pretty low voice for a female. And then I listen to recordings of myself and I'm like, I sound like a five-year-old girl. It's a very sultry and seductive voice. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it can be. Indeed, indeed. When we're not burned out, because, you know, focus on the topic of this episode. <laughs> when do our episodes have a topic? Even when we have a carefully crafted theme and I've done research, we never stick to a topic. Because, honey, we are neurospicy, and our fellow spicies in the audience will understand that they're, they're frankly lucky they got 20 to 30 minutes of focus in the recording bit we did yesterday. <laughs> that is true, although they might not be grateful for it, because, again, I do not remember at all what we talked about. So I think this episode should be burnout and randomness. I mean, that, that pretty much sums it up. Yeah. I think that actually could sum up if like this part of my life was being written in a book that <laughs> chapter would be what it would be titled burnout and randomness eclectic burnout if you will oh i like it that goes that's candidates for our episode title right there oh. i i like that yeah. I, I i i actually just came up with that see folks this is why i run a podcast with this woman because she's amazing <laughs> Because I think of silly words for things. I do it too, though. Oh, God. And again, you don't want to hear me when I've had a little bit of more, too much of the uh, devil's lettuce because funny words with no meaning are like the thing of the day. Honey, you specifically send me voice messages after you've had one too many marijuanas. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just so I can hear your randomness. And you love it. Admit it. I do love it. In fact, if I could figure out a way to download some of those messages, I would make an entire podcast just clipping together the stuff you have to say to me when you are, you know... A little bit high on the devil's lettuce, shall we say? Yeah. What is it you tell me every time you're, you're going to um, partake is you are going where? On the rainbow bridge with the space koala. And I don't know how many people will get the reference, but that's from Lower Decks, right? Yes. And technically also Norse mythology slash the MCU because Rainbow Bridge is very much an Asgardian thing, which I think is where my high brain got that part. And then Space Koala from Star Trek. Yeah. I, no. Well, Space Koala is from Lower Decks, right? Which is Star Trek. Yes, it's true. Um, but so... One of the moments that Adam and I shared a few months ago when I was still um, 420 friendly 
and I, I am 420 friendly. I've just had to um, sit back a little bit from that because it was really messing with my anxiety for a while. Um, but Adam and I had a conversation once when we were both um, completely in orbit. <laughs> and Adam told me about the space koala. And there are recordings that I have actually forwarded to other friends of me attempting to say the <laughs> phrase space koala. Folks, it was the most hilarious thing I've ever heard in my life. It was like, sp sp <laughs> sp <laughs> I couldn't make the S sound anymore. Um, you, if you listen to those clips, if we ever can figure out a way to download them, maybe we'll figure out a way how and see if we can kind of cut them into the uh, 420 episode that will be happening. Um, that will be so you would never listen to those clips and think, ah, yes, she does a podcast. <laughs> ah, yes, he is a well put together, respectable person who does a podcast. Hmm. <laughs> It, so it yeah, was those moments. <laughs> eclectic burnout, folks. And incidentally, I mean, not saying this to encourage or discourage because it's up to you folks what you how you feel about this. But uh, in my particular case, sometimes the devil's lettuce is self-care, and self-care is important. However, you find your self-care, it's important as long as you're not hurting anybody. Oh, can we just take a minute to rant about like what happened to me yesterday before the podcast? while I was trying to indulge in self-care. Rant away, sweetheart. So I was like, you know what? I know that I'm burnt out. I just did a big move on Saturday. My whole body hurts. I am going to take the longest, hottest bath that I can have without boiling myself. Oh God, it burns, it burns. Oh God, I'm sorry, I had to, I had to. <laughs> so I get into my bath and I am running the water and about halfway through running this glorious bath that will fix all of my life's problems, I run out of hot water. Oh, no. Oh, Can no. I just tell you the downward spiral that that tiny first world inconvenience caused me? Oh, I can imagine. Now, I understand that it is a massive privilege to have, you know running water and hot running water in my home and clean water in my home. I understand what a privilege that is. And again, this is a very first world whiny problem, but all I wanted in this life was that bath to make all of my problems go away for just a little while. And I couldn't have it. And I am telling you that just like mental kind of not snap, mm -hmm. but like, like, crinkle in my brain from this oh I was so just like mad but not bad that kind of frustrated where you're like of course of course of course because why would anything ever work out the way I want it to like just having the biggest baby tantrum in my head yep and I'm not proud of it but I do think that when you're that burnt out I think that's something that happens. And I think you have to give yourself some grace. You're allowed to be upset that things don't work out the way you want to. It, now, granted, your feelings are valid, but how you treat other people with those feelings, you know, is on you. Yes. You can have a temper tantrum in your head, 
but you can't walk around calling everybody a jerk because you didn't get your tub. Yes. Though, speaking as someone who also seeks emotional comfort in the warm embrace of scalding hot water, yeah, I... I had a similar incident last weekend when I was thoroughly burned out after going through a lot of stuff helping my mother. And I jumped in the shower to have a nice warm, long shower and decompress. And someone was using the hot water at the same time as me. And it was alternating between lukewarm and cold and hot and then cold and lukewarm and cold and hot and cold. And I'm just like, this is not okay. Why must the universe hate me so? Oh, God. Oh, God. (laughs) Worst shower ever. Have you ever found for yourself that when you start to experience, because like for me, I don't necessarily notice when I'm starting to burn out. Not until I am dragging my sorry butt across the floor, just like, (laughs) that I finally realize like, oh, hey, you're burnt out. Yep. Like, like we touched on this in the part one of our recording last night where um, we force our way through because there's no other choice but to do things. And I think having been socialized that way, I just kind of grit and bear and grit and bear a lot of like stress that, you know, is starting to burn me out until I get to a critical mass of, nope, can't do this anymore, burning out. So I'm trying to find out if it's, it's one of two things that is happening when I'm burnt out. Because it's either that the universe is like, ha-ha, she's burnt out. Get her, get her, get her. And everything absolutely is just going out of its way to stress me out, peeve me off, or kick me in the ass. Or is it just Murphy's Law and that when you are that burnt out is when the stuff is going to happen? So I've said before I'm a pagan atheist. I have certain beliefs, but I also do not. You're a pagan yeah (laughs) yeah that okay so the skeptical rational scientific part of my brain wants to be like no it's your burnout interpreting everything else through through a lens of stress but then i'm also like why must the universe hate me so when when things like my shower experience happen and it's like god damn this like this sucks no so i don't know i don't know man but i know what you mean because i've totally had it happen where like if i'm stressed out dealing with one thing The rest of my day just gets worse and everything else irritates me all the more because, yeah. Well, and logically, so I know that it's just because I'm already oversensitive because I'm burnt out that everything that usually would just kind of like, you know, water off a duck's back, no longer waters off a duck's back. And I am not a duck. I am an angry Tasmanian devil just kicking up dust everywhere in my, you know, in a two mile radius, but but sometimes it just feels like when I'm already in that burnout, like you're not even in, you're not grumpy. You're just like, I exist solely because I exist and I'm not sure that's what I want right now. And you're just, you're tired. And even if you just had a shower, you kind of still feel like dirty and sore and, and just like everything goes out of its way to aggravate me when I am like that. Yes. And I hate it. It feels unfair. And you just want to lie down because lying down will take the anxiety and the stress away. Yeah. And I mean, for a while, part of my, my irksomeness was that like, oh, I'm really tired. I'm really burnt out and I want to just go lay down. But I had to lay down on an air mattress that was slowly losing air every time I laid down on it. 
And that is not what you want. And then part of me goes, little girl, your privilege is showing because there are so many people in this world that don't have an air mattress. There are so many people in this world that, you know, don't have a house to go to. And and you're going to whine because you're tired because things aren't going your way. And I think I almost gaslight myself into thinking like, well, you can't be burnt out and you, you can't be exhausted because... How dare you complain because others have it worse than you. Right. And, and you and I have talked before about what I call um, the pain Olympics where, you know, like you have a broken arm and I stub my toe and I'm like, oh my God, my toe hurts so much. And you're like, well, yeah, but at least it's not a broken arm. And it's like, okay, well, your arm is broken, but your arm being broken does not stop my toe from hurting. I'm not trying to say that your broken arm doesn't hurt and that it's probably a much worse pain Like, it does not make my toe stop hurting. Yeah. And I hate that so much, but I will do it to myself. Yes. I do the same thing to myself. I was like, oh, come on, Adam. You don't really have a right to complain. So-and-so has it worse than you. So-and-so has gone through this. Do you really have a right to be doing this when so-and-so has, you know what I mean? Like, I do this to myself all the time. And yet as much as I will teasingly give Blue Eyes grief for the time she broke her toe on an empty cardboard box. <laughs> if you're listening to this, Blue Eyes, you know who you are, and I love you, but I'm teasing you. But it, as much, but I will give empathy because you know naturally broken toes hurt, and I never, I never would have not given empathy. But at the same time, I don't extend myself that same grace either. Well, and I really think that that is part of being neurodivergent as well. Is that we don't necessarily necessarily give ourselves the grace that we give everyone else so like if you're in a bad mood because I don't know something happened with your mom or blah 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 you're tired you had a bad day at work I'm always like no buddy I get it like don't worry sure we can push the podcast off for you know a couple days we don't have to record tonight and then when I feel like I have to be like hey Adam I don't know if I can record today Whereas I would never say to you, oh, you're being selfish, blah, 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 because I don't feel like you are. For me, if I have to make that call for me, it feels really selfish. And like, you should just pull your shit together, get your poop in a group and be an adult. But yet I never feel that way when you do it or like when anybody else does it. Like if somebody else calls off you know, we're supposed to go over to a friend's house or something. And they say, like, oh, you know, I'm really not feeling it today. I'm like, yeah, sure. Cool. No problem. But if I'm in the same situation, I feel like I'm being the worst friend in the world by calling it off. See, and I'd love to say, don't worry about it. That's like, you know, I understand. And I do. And I do understand. And no, don't worry about it. You are not the worst friend in the world and all blah, 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 blah. But I do the exact same thing to myself. So <laughs> I get it. Like, I'm like, no, don't worry. Don't worry, Becca. It's okay. We can push it off. We can push it off. It's all good. I better not push it off because I'm going to disappoint Becca. Oh my God, how dare you? You're the worst person ever. <laughs> you know, like. Well, and then I think we both get it too with, because we do this podcast, not just for ourselves. Cause I will admit, I just genuinely enjoy having like an hour or two a week where I get to just hang out with you and talk about whatever. Yeah, But we know that we have people who enjoy listening to us and for whatever reason. And <laughs> we've been told we give some good advice. And so I feel like we let our spices down. I don't think we did. I don't think they did. I, I don't think we do. And I know that they get it because, again, I feel like neurodivergent people 
are great at giving grace to everyone but themselves. Yeah, if they were all running this podcast, they'd feel exactly how we do, but because we need the grace. Oh, it's fine. It's all good. Don't worry about it. Because <laughs> that's how I would beat someone else too. So do you want to wrap this up soon then? Because we're both feeling a little bit burnt out still. I'm burnt out enough that I'm having trouble um, keeping words in my head. Adam is watching me open my mouth like a ventriloquist dummy with no one there to fill the void. Like I just kind of, I can't do it. It's adorable, but yeah. It's totally not. <laughs> but no, so I think I think Adam's right that we might have to call it a little early this week, um, which does suck because, you know, we've been on hiatus for a bit and we just changed the, the posting schedule, but we are going to be, you know, figuring out a better recording schedule and everything for us. Just because, like we said, life has changed a lot for us and we don't want to give this up. We just have to, you know, make sure that we can work around it and, you know, keep this something that is fun and that we enjoy and that you all enjoy listening to. Absolutely. And part of that, I think it's like I said, I've said it in the post on Facebook, but I'm going to say it again. I think moving to once every two weeks is going to help us out a lot better because it'll give us time to kind of process what we want episodes to be about. And also give us time to not have to fight our brain demons. Yeah, the brain demons have been really bad the last couple of weeks, guys. Yeah, they have been. But we're getting through. We are. And you know what? If you are struggling with your brain demons, feel free at any time to reach out to us in our email, on our Facebook, on our TikTok that we never use. Um. <laughs> I've been so burned out of, that I've been avoiding TikTok. So in fairness, I've just been like, I, I stare, I look at my TikTok, I see like the, the, the little badge that says 15 notifications and I can know. And I'm sure 14 of them are from me specifically. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. Okay, maybe all 15 are from me. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I have a problem with TikTok, guys. I don't always upload, even though I should, because doing, you know, content is something that I really enjoy. But I'm always on there. And I share a lot of stuff to my poor, unsuspecting friends. Like, look at my phone. It's like five notifications from TikTok. Jeez. Becca. <laughs> five is bad my well, buddy opened I, up. I was underselling it i know it's more like 55. Yeah. yeah that that sounds more accurate especially because you haven't checked it in a while and i've been trying to be good but then i'll see something where i'm like oh man adam has to see this and i'll send it to you and then be like oh sorry adam is burned out of tiktok adam loves tiktok i i am right there with you and i love using tiktok and and i've met so many cool people on tiktok and i like sharing content on tiktok but when shit hit the fan with my mom and our house fire about a month ago, coupled with other stuff that's happened since, I have not felt the spoons for TikTok. And I'm sorry. That's, I think, very understandable. I use it. I will not lie. It is my doom scroll, fast dopamine return kind of happy place. So I'm almost just constant scrolling on it just to pick up little hits of dopamine wherever I can. Because dopamine is the best drug. It really is. All right, folks, we are going to sign off there. But before we go, two things. First off, I'm told I don't talk enough about my book. 
go buy my book, Uncommon Sense and Autistic Journey on Amazon or Latitude46Publishing.com because I'm told I need to talk that up and stuff and junk. And, you know, I am quite proud of it and stuff. And Becca is giving me this look of, you're darn right, you're talking it up. I'm going to talk it up if you don't. <laughs> but also, oh my God, he plugged the book and I didn't. I know, I know. Um, that's partially because I was having, I was hanging out with a friend, my friend Paul, who runs the awesome E-Day Fix podcast with his wife, Jess. If you guys ever want to check it out, that's about ADHD and hyperfixation on nerdy pop culture things. Yeah, I'm plugging them right now too. I'll tell them I did that. <laughs> They'll be happy. But we were hanging out on Friday and he's like, and I'm like, I'm told by Becca I should plug my book more. And he's like, yeah, Adam, you should plug your book more. So between the two of you, I was like, you know what? I need to start talking about this more. So here I am. Really do, because again, I might be biased, but it is an amazing book. Thank you. Then people should read it. I think that it is the kind of book that would have really changed my life as a young neurodivergent person had I read it then and been able to see that there were people out there that are like me. Oh, thank you. And so again, guys, uncommon sense. You, you you just 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 give it a little reedy read. It's it's fantastic. It really is. Um, I won't lie to you. I have not gotten to read the published version, um, but I did get to read um, one of the previous versions. Not only and, you, folks, she edited it. She's fantastic. Um, I was trying not to say that. <laughs> Well, you, well, I did, so you didn't have to. Yeah, there was a little bit of hyper-focus with that. It involved a binder and a bunch of pens. I believe you had a colored legend it as was to what every pen meant. Um, it is truly fantastic. I, I highly, highly recommend it. I'm an avid reader. And honestly, even though I was working on the book and working was in air quotations that I know you guys can't see, it never felt like work I loved reading the book so much and that was before it was you know finished and had its little spit shine and everything on it and really and truly pick it up I I I believe that if you like listening to us blabber on for an hour or more every week or so you will definitely enjoy the book thanks Becca I appreciate you saying that and I just want to sign off with saying all of you saying to all of you, I can't word today either, um, saying to all of you, thank you for your support. Thanks for understanding. We love you. This was a bit of a hodgepodge episode, but I hope you enjoy it all the same and go have a snack, go go self-care, and we'll be back in a couple of weeks with a hopefully more coherent one, but even still, you enjoy listening to us for the rambles anyway, so. We love you guys. Have a good night. Special thanks goes to Paul Unger, who helped design the rainbow infinity symbol with the two brains component of our logo, which we love very much. Thanks, Paul. The Neurodivergent Polyamorist was produced by Rebecca Kelterborn and Adam Mardero. Copyright 2022.